been a long day for all of us. been a long shift for me, as you can tell. Very tired. Then Karen, it's been a long shift for you. Well, I got woken up at 5.30 this morning, which was sleeping in for me. Yay! So anyway, it looks like we're going through a train wreck because, well, we just had a long day. But I have the privilege of being able to interview uh, Melissa and Ross we're the co-owners of Odd Duck Restaurant, which is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's gonna—it's it, just a really fun interview. Really, really fun interview. I got really excited after interviewing these guys, um, talking about their lifestyle, talking about how they got started, how they developed uh, their career um, in owning a restaurant, and, and building up their profile and, and making their restaurant the one of the best in Milwaukee. Which is really, really neat. Um, and they also said something really, really interesting about whether or not you have to go to culinary school. Um, everyone says that you have to. Uh, they're going to tell you if you have to or not. So you're going to have to listen. Yeah, you're going to have to listen to find out. Um, but anyway, Karen, did you want to add anything? No. Well, I'm excited to listen to it because I haven't heard it yet. So. <laughs> so, so guys, thanks again for tuning in. Um, this one is a really, really special, wonderful episode. These two are really, really energetic, uh, and they've really found a passion in life, which is cooking food so and running restaurants. So stay tuned, guys. Interviews with the best in their fields, teaching you how to excel in careers that don't require traditional college. You're listening to the College Alternative Podcast. Insider tips and advice, straight from the experts. And now, here is your host, James Christian. So if you guys are ready, we can start. Mm-hmm. All right, so on the, line with, on the line with me today, I'm really, really excited. It's the co-owners of Odd Duck Restaurant, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Melissa Buchholz and Ross Bakuver. And um, how are you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm really excited to have got you guys on. What was that? We got the day off. Oh, awesome. And you're, and you're still working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how that's that, that, yeah, that's how that happens as business owners. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to have you guys on because, quite, quite honestly, you guys are the first, first people in the food food industry, restaurant industry that I've, I've had on to talk. And, and the big point here is what's the reality of working in the food industry? What's exciting about it? What's maybe stressful about it? You know, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into with you guys today. And so maybe, maybe could you guys go into your backgrounds a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, so we actually we actually have two restaurants, Odd Duck, oh. and then another one called Hello Falafels. Oh, nice. Um, so Odd Duck's the main one. We started that one about five years ago, and and Hello Falafel uh, is one year old. Yeah, one year, about one year old. Oh, congratulations! Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but really, neither of us thought that this was the industry we were going to be. In, I don't think, um, I, uh, you know, finished high school and like any normal 18 year old had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I went to college and I failed out of college and I was working in bars and restaurants, um, as a server and a bartender and, uh, at some point, uh, one of my managers quit and someone asked me, one, one, of, uh, one of the bosses asked me if I would like to fill that role. And I was young and I was like, of course not. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> well, then someone else is going to be my boss and they won't know anything about this place. So I'll do it for a while. It'll be good for a resume. 
Um, I eventually did go back and I got my degree in English, uh, but I never left restaurants. So I still, I worked in restaurants a person, um, mostly as an assistant manager and a general manager and a bar manager. Um, actually, Ross and I met at a restaurant mm-hmm. and we both kind of had this idea that we wanted to own our own place someday and through a lot of messiness, um, we started dating and eventually made that a reality. Um, Ross's background is, I'll let him tell you about it, but it's a little similar to mine. Yeah, I uh, i started in the restaurant business when I was 16 as a dishwasher in my tiny hometown. At basically the, the only restaurant that cooked real food. Uh, so we're not talking Taco Bell or anything like that, huh? No, it was, uh, I mean, they called it fine dining. I'm not sure if I would call it that uh, anymore, <laughs> but uh, 20 years ago, it was the best thing around. Um, and yeah, I just started as a dishwasher and immediately it uh, it got in my blood. Uh, just the camaraderie, the craftsness, uh, and the hard work. Uh, was all something that I really enjoyed. I didn't know it was what I wanted to do, but uh, it definitely afforded me the opportunity to see what kitchen work and kitchen life was like um, at a a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to college, too. Uh, I went to art school, actually, and got my degree in fine art. He has a degree in painting. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I wouldn't... uh, I wouldn't give that up for anything. It was uh, a great experience. I got to learn a lot of things. I got to learn how to to critically think and write and, uh, you know, create. And that is, are, those are things I still use every day today. But being an artist is, um, there's not really a clear career path at all. No. Um, <laughs> so he quickly ended up cooking again. Mm-hmm. Well, I cooked all the way through college. Oh, yeah, and then he got a real job for a little bit at, his, at an insurance company? Yeah, mom and dad really wanted me to get a real job, uh, and I did. And I stuck it out for two years, but I was at the brink of of ending it all. <laughs> he hated it. I worked in a cubicle, and I answered telephones. And... I think that they, the story is actually they... Um, Brought him in for a promotion, and Ross quit in the meeting. Ah, yeah, oh, that's great. That's epic. That's, that's epic. Happened. Yeah, he was like, I don't no. like that Office Space movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing what people consider real jobs, though. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what's a real job versus not? I mean, how is the restaurant industry not a real job? Right. No, and we get that a lot. So, so you know, then he had, he cashed out his 401k and had the summer of Ross, as he likes to call it. It's sort of like a lost summer. Um, and then he went back into into cooking, um, and just sort of started kind of at the bottom again and worked his way back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I I think the big thing with your backgrounds here is it's really interesting. So for Melissa, you you were given an opportunity. I guess you know it it could be sort of said that in our in our lives, each one of us kind of gets little you know like little waypoints, the little forks in the road that we could either take or we can stay on the same path. And it seems yeah. like for you, with your with your manager, hey, do you want to do this? Well, you could easily have said, no, no, I'll just stay status quo. But, you know, you were almost forced to grow or you forced yourself to grow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think about that a lot. My manager there, um, her name was Deb, and we're still in contact today. But she was a really, a really good manager. Um, when I look back now, being a manager for so long myself, she really could see when people had potential and really guide people. Um, and if you knew me then, I don't think anybody from the outside would have been like, yes, that's the girl you want to be your manager. Um, you know, but I've always been really, really highly motivated and I always really liked to, to do a good job. And when I thought about it at that point, I just thought, well, hey, like, what am I doing? And and this is a, a good opportunity to have some management experience no matter what I do. And I really had no plan of how my life was going to be. And after that, just opportunities 
kept coming. And, and the nice thing about the restaurant industry, one of the things that I think makes it maybe a realer job than people realize is that it's everywhere. No matter where you move, no matter where you go, there are restaurants, yeah, um, there are hotels, there are service opportunities, you know? And so as in my life, as I've moved and things like that, I've been able to always kind of find a path there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for, for Ross, it's kind of, you hear that a lot and that I don't really have any background in, in culinary at all or restaurant industry at all, but it seems like you hear a lot of guys, oh, well, I did start as a dishwasher initially. Is that, have you found that with a lot of your peers, with a lot of your friends out there? They started that way? Yeah. Um, honestly, there's uh, a chef that I'm very good friends with uh, that owns a restaurant you know, down the street from us that started in a similar way. Um, he worked for us at Hot Dog for a little bit, but he went on to open his restaurant, so Paul Zirkel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he started as a 15-year-old or something like that, washing dishes at Chili's and somehow <laughs> fell in love with it. <laughs> I, that I think there's, um, there's sort of uh, sort of like culturally a group of um, people that when you start in a restaurant, and you're young, even in a terrible job, maybe as a dishwasher, a hard job, a wet job, a dirty job, there's a culture in most kitchens that's really, there's a lot of camaraderie. It's a little bit, um, Ross always describes it back then as like kind of, you know, it was like things that appealed to him were the same things that appealed to him in punk rock music or, or skateboarding yeah, or like something. Like being in a band that the outside world didn't get, but you knew what to do. There's tons of inside jokes. You know, you're working with these buddies. You're having a good time. There's a lot of joking that goes on, but a lot of serious hard work that I think maybe, you know, to the right person when they start, when they're young, it just appeals, the environment appeals to them more than the work first. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, no, Mm -hmm. it totally does. I I mean, you could, you could almost break it down into like, and this is kind of the macro, you know, like a different, I don't want to, draft course too much here but like when you're in school and you're 15 and you're 16 you're always looking for what that team or that the group yeah, of peers yeah acceptance and yeah exactly exactly and you probably don't get that in school all that often like you wouldn't right. almost like a corporate team or you know a group of peers and i could easily see you know being in an intense environment you've got to push push product out you know and you've got to accomplish accomplish a set task that that's got to appeal to people especially at that age yeah and you get done at the end of the day and no matter how hard it was everybody worked together and everybody still has a laugh and you know when you're older you get to have a beer (laughs) you know you know did that and there's a rush to it for sure um and it happens both in the kitchens and in the front of the house you know that you're all working together restaurants are sort of like this human machine and if one component isn't working correctly that day the whole machine can go down so whether you're the dishwasher and it seems like a menial job it's really not like if we don't have one the machine's broken and then nothing works yeah it's like a band of misfits you know (laughs) like just kind of hanging out getting something done and accomplishing something that together you know, to the outside world is very, um, you know, impressive. And we're like, just sitting back here going, we're just this band of weirdos and misfits trying to do something. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely, I think, appealing to, to, um, I think the environment is more, is appealing first more than the work for people. Yeah. So would you guys recommend that, that route? So when, it seems like there's a couple different routes into the restaurant industry. There's one where you start out young, 15, 16, you go in, get whatever job you can, I guess, which would be either, you know, the front front of the house or the back as a dishwasher or, you know, doing whatever you can there. Yeah. Or, or, or you go, you complete high school, you go for the culinary degree, et cetera. Um, what's kind of the, what's kind of the route that you guys would, would sort of choose? I mean, it seems like you guys really got into it early and you were able to see that through ex- an experience, and see that that was what you wanted from an early age. Is that, is that something that you would recommend versus somebody who, you know, invests more money and time through culinary school? I don't, 
Um, I think it's really individually based. Okay. Yeah, and we've had, we've had people successful both ways. Like, we've also yeah. had people who, like, career change. Like, we've um, had people unsuccessful both ways. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I guess what I would, um, what we would advise against is you should work in a kitchen before you go to culinary school, even if it's not, like, a fancy kitchen, even if it's just, because we've, we have had the experience where people go through culinary school and have never really worked in a kitchen, and then their idea Culinary school isn't like working in a restaurant. It's it's a classroom, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it can teach you a ton of skills, and those can definitely be important to you. I mean... But really mastering any of those skills, you need to be doing them every single day for hours on end to get them down. And if you're doing them for, you know, you're on a unit on French sauces for two weeks and out of your two years at school... You're not really going to be an expert at those sources. But it does give you a basis. I guess what we would say is that, like, if you go through culinary school, you should make sure that you know what you're getting into first. So we'd recommend, and and there are other um, places in the culinary industry to go other than ours. Ours is, like, owning an independent restaurant or working for a small independent local chef-driven restaurant is probably the most difficult one. Mm. Um, You know, there's, there's so many different ways of going about it, like, if you're going to go into being working at a hotel restaurant or doing some sort of like catering, catering management, corporate chefs corporate. or like food, food uh, companies, you know, like Kraft has its own chefs. There's our distributors have chefs that show you what to do with their products. There's demonstration chefs. There's chefs at nursing homes. There's people who run school and hospital programs. So there's a ton of different things. But if you want to work and you think you want to be um, like, you know, independent small restaurant doing super creative things. You're going to need to be able to handle that pressure. And I would say you need to probably, I would recommend going to culinary school and working in a restaurant at the same time to make sure, to make sure it's what you want to do. Um, Like our chef de cuisine does have a culinary degree. Our sous chef does not have a culinary degree. Um, Ross does not have a culinary degree. He has an art degree. Um, There's a million ways to do it, but the most important thing is to, to understand the pressure, the hours, um, the time commitment. We work nights, we work weekends, we work holidays. We work, you know, your restaurant family becomes your family or your surrogate family because uh, when your mom wants to hang out with you on Mother's Day, you're working brunch, and on Easter, you're working brunch, and on Christmas Eve, you're working because all these other people have families in town. Um, You know, so there's that time, there's long hours, the kitchen day is, I don't know, 10 at least. Yeah, my staff comes in at 1 and they leave when they're done, which is usually 11, sometimes later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's at least 40 hours a week and um, most of the time it's more. And if you're a chef, like in Ross's position, it's pretty much your whole life. Yeah, I mean, it's 60 hours a week. At least. At least, depending on what you're doing. We're always spending time, you know, reading, eating, researching, cooking, like thinking. So it becomes really consuming, but I think... It's really your whole life if you want to do something that... And it's really rewarding, and we, we love it and wouldn't train it, change it for the world, but I think that the, the problem with... Right. The problem with going straight to culinary school from high school and then getting into the kitchen that we've seen is just... We've had a few people who just got there and went, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how hard this is. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they're going to go to culinary school, get out and be a chef. And from that's, our that's not the case. yeah, from our perspective, getting out of culinary school with no kitchen experience is the same as if you didn't go to culinary school and have no kitchen experience. You're starting in the same position. You might know more terminology. You should know how to use a knife. So you will probably progress faster. Um, you know, so it, it definitely it's doable either way. It'll probably be a slower, longer slog through it if you just start without that. Um, so I guess, and I think culinary school, culinary school can be very valuable in teaching you management aspects, things like inventory, um, ordering, um, sorry about that, our sous chef was calling. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, but, like, inventory, ordering, like, those kind of administrative type of things. Yeah, like um, how to run numbers. Yeah. How, how, to, how to write down a recipe that makes sense. How to convert things. Um, you know, you're doing recipe yeah, conversions. 
math is important. Math is really important. If you don't, if you hate math. But it's basically. <laughs> yeah. But you don't think about it, but you, like, you're sizing up and down recipes all the time. Fractions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so culinary school can help you with that. So I think either way is valid as long as you understand the amount of, like, time and pressure that the job truly is if you're going our route. And like I said, you know, if you want to work in a different way in the culinary industry, there is probably a lot less pressure, but it, from my perspective, a lot less, you know, creative and fun reward. Yeah, I could but totally see that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. No, so the big takeaways here are, you know, jump into it. Find What? Find a restaurant that you, you like or admire or the chef or the front of the house that you like or admire. And then just what? Just approach them and ask them, hey, do you have, you know, I'm a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old. You know, can I can I get a little bit of experience here? I'm interested. Right? Honestly, that would be great if, if you would, you know, uh, at age 15 or 16 or whenever you're looking for the, the job as a youngster to come in and, you know, show the initiative that you are want yeah. to get into. Um, I would probably hire you on the spot because... Well... <laughs> How we find it? That sounds for you. Rock says um, you should eat in the restaurant first. Yeah, if you're a little older and you know you're you're 18 and you're ready to like really work a full time job. Yeah, I think you should try to eat in the restaurants. You know, understand what the restaurant is a little bit before you just you know go around and and decide that you want to work at a place. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. you say, "Well, I really want to work here," Ross is going to go, "Why? Have you eaten here?" Yeah, and when you say no, I'm going to say, okay, well, don't waste my time. Yeah, like come back when you kind of understand what we're doing. But, you know, one of the things that we sort of have now with the two restaurants is Hello Falafel is like a sandwich um, and like lunch counter, basically, with a juice bar. And oh, nice. They've oh, used that as yum. an incubator. A incubator for... So somebody who isn't maybe ready to start at Odd Duck, we might start over there where it's like lower pressure, um, you know, like less high volume, less stressful, smaller menu, more set menu. And then we've done it, I think, how many times since in a year we've moved at least two people yep. um, who really excelled there over. Mm-hmm. And one of whom, excuse me, one of whom didn't have any kitchen experience previously, um, but is a little bit older, like mid twenties and just was like, got the job on a whim and, decided, wow, this is something I'm super interested in. And so for people who are motivated with the motivation, the interest and like the desire and the outside work that you're willing to do will get you much further than, than anything else, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here, here, I mean, as the other thing, you know, harping on that, you know, 15 or 16 year old, I think it would be so much better than just what getting, getting a part-time job, I don't know, at the local grocery store or whatever. I mean, if if you can actually have the drive and the initiative to oh, actually yeah. approach right. a real business, right? I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that shows a lot about just, just your own personal character and drive. Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing about restaurants is there are age limits to what you can do. Oh, okay, so yeah. So what's, what's that uh, all about? Like, you can't handle alcohol if you are um, under 18. And if you're over 18 and you have a bartender's license, you can. So in the front of the house, that's a little bit different. Um, at Hello Falafel, though, we do have – so some restaurants do have age limits of what they'll hire under, especially considering the um, whether they're classified as a restaurant or a bar. For example, our friends own a, a restaurant called The Vanguard, and it's like um, fancy sausages that they make all in-house, but it's a big bar, and because they're – ratio is so much closer of alcohol to food that they sell, they only hire over 21. Oh, okay. Okay. But for us, for us at Hello Falafel, for example, we hire, used to be 16 to work there. Okay. Um, You know, so it just kind of depends. But a lot of times you can hire, they'll hire dishwashers who are younger. They just usually have parameters because they can't work uh, in Wisconsin. You can't work after 11 p.m. Um, so that can be depending on how busy your restaurant is. Sometimes our dishwashers aren't getting done till 1230, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that just depends. Um, but I'd say, you know, you can always get, but you know, then in, in Mayville where Ross is from, 
everything was done by like nine thirty. <laughs> <It didn't matter. laughs> yeah, and every, everyone was in bed by ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it totally just depends. But I would say, you know, we're pretty um, friendly people, and and most of the, the restaurant community, at least here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is like we all know each other, and we kind of know what people are looking for. And if you show initiative, and we can't. Take we might help you find something you. somewhere else. Yeah, if you seem highly motivated, we'll say, hey, I mean, this just happened the other day because people will, will come talk together and, you know, we go, you know, have a beer with our other friends who are restaurant owners and they say, oh, I'm looking for a person in the kitchen and we'll go, oh, well, you know, we know this person is looking for a job or, oh, we had this motivated person who came in and we didn't have a job. For we him. didn't have a job for him, but we would hire him if, if we did. And so you will send his info your way. We'll, and then we'll just reach out to the uh, prospective employee and say, Hey, is it cool if we pass your stuff on, um, you know, cause we know this person or this person is hiring. I mean, the, honest truth is this is hard work and so it's hard to find hard to find people willing to do it willing to do it and willing to yeah. do it well so we come across those people if we can't get them a job we try to keep them in the industry because we know that they might work for us someday it's a benefit for everyone yeah yeah <laughs> so you kind of touched on what it's like being a chef and, and you know the the hours and, and the work but you're, you're able to be creative and be a part of a team here but um i guess I guess the next question that i'd like to ask is it's, it seems like definitely United States, uh, there's definitely be a, been a resurgence of, of small uh, restaurants, unique restaurants, want, willing to push the limit, pushing out awesome food. Um, and I, I guess that could be somewhat contributed to maybe uh, some TV shows that are out there, right? Uh, this popularity that has come out there. What has like channels like Food Network and, and, and all these other things... What have they gotten right about your industry, and what have they portrayed that's n- n- totally out? You know, that's an outlier. It's 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 totally wrong. I really like to me those networks and the sh- and ninety percent of the shows they have are just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a, yeah. That that's what I want to hear from you guys. Yeah. I, I like Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmerman. Andrew Zimmerman's pretty good, but like the ones where they're traveling, they're researching other cultures. Like I think that's great for other. But it's exposure. Yeah, it's exposure. It's like showing people that there are more culinary traditions in the world and that there's more things to eat, and I think that creates desire and ability for restaurants like ours to kind of jump in and sort of fill that void and say hey, like you can get awesome Vietnamese food or like this thing that you saw that maybe wasn't available. It has created that like market. It definitely has exposed diners, even if they're not, even if their palates haven't been exposed yet, like their minds are expanded a little bit. So they're more willing um, and and they're they're searching out more and they're more excited to try new things. So I think think that's really positive. Uh I'd say a lot of the, like the competition ones. Those are just ridiculous. They're not like what it can They're not what it, any, They don't have anything to do with the restaurant business or the industry or, yeah. or like, actually work. Yeah. Even like the prizes they compete for were like, you know, like, it, you know, they'll go, oh, and we're going to give the winner $10,000 to start his own restaurant. And we're like, that's not enough. I know that sounds like a lot of money. Not enough to buy a good used car. That's like your range. That's like not even the hood that you need to do your exhaust system. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. the reality is like, you know, it's like that's not. I think it gives people this idea that they can go on a show and start a restaurant and it's, if they win it and it's so, it's silly. Yeah. You should tell them about that girl that Dan interviewed for the job at Dan. Oh yeah. We had like, we had a friend who, you know, one of the job interview questions you might ask is like, what do you want to do in 10 years? And she was like, I want to be a celebrity chef. And we were just laughing about that because we were like, the whole point is like a celebrity chef is a chef first. Like they're a celebrity chef because they're a good chef. Like, that has to be your goal. The celebrity shouldn't be the goal. The celebrity comes after you're already a master at what you do, you, if you understand what I'm saying. So the, if the focus is on the, the fame part, um, I think people are so, sorely disappointed. And, and that's like, you have, to, you have to be cooking because it's a reward in itself, because you love creating, because you like seeing people interact with the art that you get to make because you love learning because you think it's so exciting to try something new and it's a way to see the world, even if you don't get to travel all the time. And it's a, it's, 
a lifelong passion and and then if a celebrity comes because of a result uh, because you've done well as a result of all of those things then that's how that happens and I, th- I i guess i think that sometimes it seems unrealistic like people think like oh i can get famous by going on this one show and then i'm going to have a successful restaurant and I, I feel like that's sort of um a backwards way of thinking at, about mm-hmm. it but I, I do think like the that have created awareness, you know? It's definitely brought more people uh, around to trying new things or trying to experience new things that they see on on these TV shows, which I I guess that helps from a business aspect. Well, yeah, it's our job more fun, Ross, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but, But as far as the actual, any kind of reality that's in those shows is, completely wrong. Well, I also always really feel bad for the ones that are on, like, Kitchen Nightmares and stuff, and I'm like, you guys might be having problems, but I bet you that they make them all seem terrible by not even showing any of the good parts. And, you know, like, your whole life is exposed, and it makes you feel sad. So, I don't know. We don't watch a lot of those. We watch the... Um, the I don't watch Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain or that, <laughs> that, that Chef Table one. Chef Table is pretty interesting. That one's on Netflix. Um, but I mean, most of the chef table stuff is so unattainable. Yeah. You know, which one is actually good that you never watched is that, um, chef and the farmer. It's like a PBS one and it just follows a family, um, restaurant there in the South and, um, she's the chef and they, because they show like the real hardships and the struggles and like the impact every day, like their restaurant burns down in one of the first episodes and they go through the whole rebuilding. Yeah. I've never seen it. That one's actually... That one's an interesting one because it kind of shows, like, what is your life like if you own a restaurant? You know, what it, what what are the – because there are terrible things that can happen every day. I mean, we work with fire and knives. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also really great things that can happen every day. You know, we get to start at the beginning and at the end there's our creation and then we get to share that. Yeah. So that it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and have fun. Well, that's the that's the biggest thing here is the the takeaway is you know even though it's it's created this, uh, I guess it's created this 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 uh, awareness like you said this awareness out yeah. there for people to try new things. The last thing I want is for it to be something where oh well my life is going to be like this when in reality it's it's really not. And I think what the, keep on harping on the fact of just approach a restaurant and see what it's truly like. Actually work there for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, before yeah. investing all I that mean, money into schools and, and everything, yeah. Restaurants are fun, you know, like you get to work around people who um, you don't have to work in a cubicle, you don't have to like watch what you say, you can swear all the time and make jokes and hang out and do weird things and listen to like heavy metal in the morning if that's what you want to do and your chef allows you to. Um, <laughs> but you have to be serious also. <laughs> you seriously have to get a lot of work done. But yeah, in doing it, fun doing it. You know, we're all close friends. We care about every employee that we have, and you know, many of them have worked for us for years and years and years. And we count them among some of our best friends. We've seen them have babies. We've seen them go through relationships and break up, and they've seen us do the same thing. And like, you know, we've seen so much of each other's lives, and you really create this like really close-knit community, and you're also creating a community for your customers, too. So, like, restaurants are about that sort of community creation. And yeah, the relationship, the dynamic between the customer and the restaurant is and the, really yeah, important. And the employees themselves, and, and it's really great and really fun, and I think it's more about that than it is about anything else, realistically. Yeah. So how long did it take you guys to become comfortable in a kitchen environment? Were you actually came in and you weren't scared or anything, you weren't nervous, you were like, I got this. You felt like you, you had kind of mastered the basics at the very least. Um, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt comfortable the first day. I yeah, because he was really? a teenager and he everything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I quickly realized that it was not, I was not comfortable doing anything. Um, I don't know. I would say probably, I don't know, age like 28, something like that. Well, when did you have your first like exec chef job? At age 27. And it took you a year to feel comfortable doing that probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, because 
to be, you know, I guess to be comfortable in a kitchen. That was after about, you know, eight years being in a kitchen. But I think that's different because I think what you're saying is that's when you felt comfortable being a chef. Yeah. As opposed to being comfortable just, like, working in a kitchen. I mean, I'd say we have, I mean. I think you can feel comfortable working in a kitchen after. A year. A year. Okay. A year of hard work and, like, some dedication to learning the basic knife skills and, uh, you know, proper handling of equipment and sanitation and all those kind of things. I think after a year of doing that on a daily basis, you, you don't even think about it anymore. You have it. And there's terminology that in the beginning, you know, you're not going to know when we're like, you know, is your meat set up, you know, and when we're talking about things that like people don't know right away, but you know, one of our um, line cooks recently left and, and we love her, but she kind of put it this way. She was like, when I started an odd duck, I hated it and I wanted to cry every day for three months. And now I love it so much that I am so sad that I'm leaving and moving on. And I don't know what I'm going to do without it. It's like, it's hard in the beginning um, because you have to learn a lot. And there's a, and a learning curve that is, isn't small, even if you've worked in other places. Um, but at the end of the day, our goal as employers is we want you to leave at a higher level than when you started. Yeah. We yeah, don't that's want awesome. anyone to be stasis. So like if you're a line cook and you stay a line cook, you should be goddamn a better line cook at the end. If you are a dishwasher, a lot of times you're leaving being a food runner, having moved up three times. You might start, you know, as a dishwasher, become a prep cook, become a line cook. You could do that and become the sous chef or the chef de cuisine. We have people who've gone from dishwasher to front of the house and then you know, hosts or something. And so our goal is always to give you more skills. And like when you come out of our restaurant for people to go, oh, you worked at Odd Duck, like of course you can work here. And we have had a lot of people who worked as line cooks for us. And we have gone to two chef positions at other restaurants. Yeah. That's been great. We have a reputation for being relatively intense and relatively intense kitchen to work for. It's very high volume. Um, We change our menu all the time. We do food from all over the world, which means you get to touch and learn about tons of different techniques, cuisines, proteins, you know, different fish, different um, animals are getting broken down all the time, different uh, types of cuisine. And so, you know, once people leave us, they tend to kind of move on and move move up within the industry, which is um, both sad and rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's the cool thing about you guys. I mean, that that is really really awesome that you guys are constantly pushing out awesome, not only awesome food but awesome people too. And and I'm sure that attracts, you know, the best employees to to your place as well. Um, but yeah, we've uh, had actually three yeah. employees, three former chef de cuisines have gone on in five years to open their own restaurants. You know, wow! So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But they were all contemporaries and yeah. good friends of mine that really helped us get going in yeah. the very beginning too. Right. But yeah. It's kind of like that. We knew they were going to lead to open their own restaurants when they work, when they came to work for us. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still it's fun to be able to be like we have yeah. a little bit of a part yeah. in that. Like touch on a bunch of different things in the city, and and it's great. Yeah. So you guys at, at Odd Duck really push out a lot of unique food, and it's, it's a constantly changing menu here. Um, did you ever feel the want to or need to kind of lock down into a particular specialty, like Vietnamese or Korean or French or Italian? Did you ever feel that want, or should a chef kind of lock down into a specialty, do you feel? Or should they try to be as broad as possible? You know, I think that's all individual, too. Uh, okay. You can, you know, be a great uh, baking and pastry person that, uh, you know, opens a pastry shop and just focuses on that and have a great life and, and figure it out. Um, for me, you know, I think with with college and, and art and everything that goes into my becoming a chef, um. I just want to soak up as much information as possible and then take that and turn it into my vision. I think the interesting thing about restaurants in general is if you're somebody who really loves like learning and exploring new things, you don't get to an end. 
even if you do focus on one cuisine, there's always going to be an ingredient that you can't get or haven't seen or a new protein or a dish that like somebody's grandma did that you never heard of. So it's like you always have something that's next. Yeah, there's a constant, you know, there's so much, so many things out there to learn that I don't feel like I want to just learn one specific thing. But I think that's definitely a way to go. Yeah, to become like the best Japanese chef. It's not the way I went. Okay, but it's not, yeah, it's not like you get locked into a particular subject, though, after a couple years. It's not like you're like, oh, I can't, I can't break free. That's why Odd Duck is the way it is. So I can't I don't allow myself to get locked into one thing. I'm kind of always throwing myself a curveball. But that's uh, because that's but that pushes me and that's the way I learn. And that's our restaurant and our you know, sometimes we call it the best way and the worst way to run a restaurant because <laughs> changing the menu so much makes it so hard to do, but it also means that people can come back all the time, which is one of the things that has contributed to our success because they trust us to change things all the time and that it's always going to be good and they can come there multiple times in a short period of time and have a different meal every time, um, which is one of the reasons why it's so successful, but it also means that Ross's job is really hard. <laughs> the pressure's think, on, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think, though, like, before you can really get into doing that the way we're doing it, you really have to master a lot of technique. Uh, basics, um, yeah. Like, like, you know, the French school of cooking is really like the gold standard, at least to me, that teaches you how to handle your ingredients, how things react, and like how to become a chef, basically. If you can master French food uh, and techniques, you can really pull off any cuisine in the world, even if it's completely different than that. You have that basic understanding. Yeah, and I'd say that um, the reality of like that, the French of learning French food, it's not necessarily about the the fancy French dishes. It's about basic sauces that are used to build dishes. And then there's also a lot of French terminology that's used. Um, you know, things like stagiaire and things like mise en place and things like you know that that comes from that tradition. So it's definitely, usually at least in America, where people start. I also think there's something to be said about like getting really into one particular ethnic cuisine and really running with it, whether it's like, you know, the food of your childhood or it's just something that you're super interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say as somebody young who's interested, what I, what we usually recommend is like work for a couple different restaurants, work for restaurants that have varied cuisine to figure out what you like or don't like. Work under chefs both that you like and don't like so that you can learn what you do and also what you don't want to do should you ever become in management. And also stay at those places for at least a year. <laughs> it doesn't... Yeah, even if you hate it, stay there for a year and stick it out. Um, because I think you can hate something at first and, and then really grow to love and respect it. Like like your friends? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I, I think as a young chef or, uh, someone that wants to become one, uh, you know, gets into the restaurant business, you, you got to do a lot of work on your own, um, outside of work if you want to progress. Cause okay. usually at the restaurant, you're going to learn a few really amazing things. But if you want to expand your knowledge and impress your boss, uh, you got to put in the extra time. It's got to be part of your life. You got to read, you got to research, and you got to cook at home. And eat. And eat. <laughs> you got to spend all your money eating at places. But well, we're also like, but eating and drinking, that's a pretty fun thing to learn about all the time. It's really fun. <laughs> um, but I'd say like, for, for when we look at resumes, for example, like if somebody is young and coming to us, like if anybody jumps around a lot, that's okay as long as they've spent a decent amount of time and we can kind of see what they're doing. Like, oh, they wanted to learn Japanese cuisine and they wanted to learn French and they wanted to learn German and they wanted to learn, you know, Thai. So they did like all these different things. But what we don't like to see is like somebody who jumps every three to five months because we don't even think you can really 
understand what any restaurant's doing at that time. Like, even if it's terrible, even if all you learn is, like, you never want to be in a kitchen like that one again, not necessarily because of the food, but maybe because of the way it's managed or something or the chaos or you need to learn how to handle that too. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, there's something to be said about stamina and endurance in this business and we're looking for dedication. And so it definitely red flags us if you aren't staying in jobs for at least a year. That said, we see nothing wrong with you jumping around to different jobs, um, particularly to learn more in and most chefs within a community have a really good idea of what the other chefs in that city are doing. So we can kind of see a pattern like, oh, you started here and then you got to this restaurant and that's obviously a better a better environment that like we know that chef and, and he's, you know, or she's doing things more this way or more um, locally. And we can see like the progression of what you are trying to learn or your vision, you know, so we're not we're not disconnected. Chefs don't operate in a vacuum. Um, yeah. It kind of helps that you guys have been down that path before. Yeah. And so like most chefs in the, in the industry kind of know like what everybody else is doing in town because that's part of, you know, knowing your market. Um, so we can kind of see like your trajectory if it's in the same area. One of the things we didn't mention and what I will say is that if you're going to go to culinary school, um, if you want to move around a lot, I would recommend culinary school because, your chefs aren't going to know where, like, they're not necessarily going to know what that restaurant that you worked in halfway across the country is. Um, so I think having that that background is is probably more valuable if if you think that you're going to, you know, move to Boston and then move to L.A. and then move to Austin and then move, you know, somewhere like that because you at least have that background. Ah, uh, okay, okay, but not, but. Take, for instance, I want to stay in Milwaukee. Yeah, then I don't yeah. think it's super yeah. scary. It's, yeah. it's helpful, and it depends on where you're at, you know, and, like, yeah. what you want. Um, I'd also say that a lot of people who end up in restaurants and kitchens are have difficulty with sort of, like, the bureaucracy of school systems. <laughs> I yeah. definitely don't. Um, so it definitely is, a, is, a, is an industry you can get into if you just, like, you know, for me, it was never what I was learning in school that was the issue. It was like how it was structured or why do I have to be here at this time? Or what if I read this book and I don't want to come to this lecture? And, you know, like, what is the point, you know? And uh, so for people like that who have a hard time, I think, maybe finishing school that way, just working really hard. And, you know, you can even work a couple jobs in the restaurant industry if you're young and you don't mind a million hours. And so... That's well, you definitely. are young, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have a family at that point. It's all good. Yeah. Might as well take advantage of it, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. So, uh, a big question here. What does success look for, like, like for you guys? And what does success look like for the restaurant industry? Um, I mean, when I really think about it, I think we were a pretty pretty cool story about success. Um, you know, we started, worked our way through uh, the business and finally became our own bosses and, you know, have well, two places now and own a house. I think one mm-hmm. of the things that we haven't touched on but um, is that we don't have major investors. So, so we, both of us are really independent-minded. Um, I would go to say as far as to say bullheaded, um, we really don't like answering to anybody and we really don't like having bosses or anyone telling us what to do ever. Um, even each other. Even each other. <laughs> and one of the reasons our restaurant works is our roles are very differentiated within the restaurant. Um, you know, so we kind of trust each other to do the specific jobs and we don't touch any, like step on each other's toes much. But I think for us, success meant independence and so like both freedom to do what we wanted in the restaurant and financial independence so that we don't have to rely you know if we don't have investors we don't have to answer it yeah um, 100%. yeah our families gave us a little bit to start and we started the restaurant we yeah and we didn't build the restaurant of our dreams we built what we could afford and we keep building it even five years in we keep doing this project this year and this project this year 
And that means every single thing that we do and every choice that we make directly impacts our bottom line and our ability to have, you know, freedom and decision-making. Whereas if you, and I think that's, that's an anomaly. We are an anomaly in that way um, as far as that goes. But I think it's really, and it was sort of born of necessity, but it was really amazing. Yeah, we were never going to be able to build the restaurant of our dreams. But we're slowly making that. Um, But I think success for both of us is really about freedom and independence. Um, You know, we want to be able to make the choices for ourselves every day about whether or not we want to continue to do what we do. Um, Yeah, I think success is is also like looking on to the next thing that we want to do. And and wanting to be the, the best at what we do. You know, we're constantly the biggest critics of what we do for ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're constantly doubting and thinking like, are we like, where are we? Are we at the top of our game? Are we pushing hard enough? Are we doing things interesting enough? We're constantly talking to each other about like this dish has been on the menu for a few days. Is it, it maybe it's not even done yet. Like if we just add, maybe it needs crunch or maybe it needs acid or maybe it needs more color. or Maybe we need to completely rethink this part of it or, and the same with cocktails, you know, and like the same with the training of the staff and, we're constantly trying to be the best because it gives us personal satisfaction at the end of the day that we can go, we're proud. We can go home every day and be proud of what we put in the world, you know, and we might be exhausted um, and we might be tired and we might be frustrated, but we can go home proud. And that's really important to me to go home and say, like, I put something into the world today that didn't exist the day before, you know, the day before. Mm-hmm. That somebody had an experience at our restaurant today that they didn't have before that they might talk about, that they had their birthday and it was great and they'll remember it. And that they ate a dish that made so much sense to them or totally challenged them or like totally got them excited. And, you know, we go home and we can just say like, I'm proud of, I'm proud of what we did today. I'm proud of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, my God, we have to do all of that again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> do those goalposts for success, are they constantly changing for you guys? I think, yeah. I mean, I think when you're young and working in restaurants, your whole goal for us, like, our goal is, like, own our own restaurant. Or, like, oh, I want, I'm a line cook and I want to become uh, a sous chef. And I'm a sous chef and I want to become the chef de cuisine or I want to be the executive chef. Yeah. And that man, I want to own my own restaurant. And I think the more goals you have and you complete, the more you have more goals. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, now we talk about like what happens after the restaurant. Yeah, we're talking about what happens in you know, 10 years, five years from now when we're not sure that we want to do this anymore. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, Our retirement plan is, involves cheese making. We'll just put it that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hint. So, it's First on the college like, alternative, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's always, like, there's always things within the culinary field. There's so many things to expand to. You know, we have friends who, like, are, you know, we're chefs and then dabbled in being brewers. Or, like, there's so many things to do that it's kind of, like, endless possibilities. So once you achieve one goal and you get through it and you go, okay. And, and there is a, a physical aspect to it. Like, it's hard on your body to be a chef. Yeah, I'm getting old and it hurts. <laughs> um, but, you know, so there has to be, you know, that understanding, too. You know, you have to keep yourself in pretty good physical shape and understand that someday you might not be able to work on a line for 12 hours a day. Um, and what are you going to do then and how are you going to advance? And I think there's tons of options, um, but I think it's kind of like moving goalposts for sure. Like mm-hmm. as you accomplish a task, you go, okay, well, and it's also about what ability you have. You know, when we opened Odduck, we didn't have the ability to even think about opening another restaurant. And it was only the success of Odduck that, you know, four years in gave us the ability to say, hey, you know, we. This food doesn't exist in our town. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have this ability, um, you know, and maybe we could invest in like mutual funds, but we don't really know what those are. And that's confusing. And you know what we know restaurants. So why don't we put our money into another restaurant, create 20 more jobs, you know, add something to the community and have some fun with that. So, (laughs) and by fun, I mean backbreaking labor and tears, but, (laughs) 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 but uh, you're in 
um, that place is running well too, you know, but it's, yeah, I think to be in restaurants, you have to be a little bit crazy, but like in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and, and it's awesome that you guys are always constantly talking about, you're never fully satisfied. You're always constantly trying to push yourselves, you know, to, to, to new and different things, new and greater things. And that, 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 that's pretty neat. Yeah. I tell my staff, like, we can't rest on our laurels, like, because that's when a new restaurant comes along and some young, you know, chef comes up and just yeah, hits you it from the side or something. Yeah, you know? totally. So you have to always be pushing yourself and always be, and we're very collaborative. Like, so the younger chefs that work with us, our chef to cuisine and our sous chef for sure, but even our line cooks, like, if they have an idea and an interest in something specific, Ross will work with them. Oh, for sure. I think that's a great part and a way to have them, be you know, invested. become invested in the restaurant and not want to leave or they want to, they want to learn. They want to see one component of a dish get on the menu. Yeah. Or they'll come and they say, um, I've been reading about the food of Sri Lanka and I'm like really interested in doing this thing and we'll figure out how to make that into an odd duck dish where like they feel like they have input and they definitely do, you know, and I think that makes the whole team better and it makes the whole team more of a team and it's more fun to work on it and to do things, you know, together in that way. Um, I think there was an old model of chef that was like chef that was very hierarchical. Coming up for sure. Like the, the chef was usually like this tyrant that, ran the kitchen and, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and I think my generation worked under people like that and decided that that was just a backwards way of looking at uh, how to manage and how to get the best out of people. And, you know, we changed that and there was no, no one told us to change that. We just did. And it seems to be working for us. Um, well, I think, like, we just think about it. Like, we don't want to go to work every day and have a bad day. We spend all our time at these places and with these and people. I don't want to be scared that my chef's going to throw a knife at me or throw a hot pan or... And we just want to have fun. <laughs> you know, we want to have fun and we want to support our employees and have them support us. It's a mutual relationship. So we we want to go to work and have a good time and, and have people who care about us and, and we care about them and create something together and then... You know, at the end of the day, we can, you know. Yeah, you're better for it. You're better for it. Collaborative yeah. versus just, yeah. like like Ross was saying, you know, just tyrannical or, you know, this is the way or the yeah. highway. Or, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, that's the new that's model. That's their philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, one final question for you guys. Um, anything else that you would recommend or ha- people have awareness of before they would go into a career in a restaurant industry? Uh, one of the things we haven't touched on at all is a, a stage, um, which is like a working interview. Um, oh, what is okay, the word? yeah. And one of the things that's interesting is that even the best restaurants in the world take on stages, and Michelin-starred restaurants take on stages. Um, we have employees, you know, so like you can go and stage somewhere, and it's not even about getting a job. A lot of times it's just about experience. So one of the coolest things that you can do is like, say you work in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for Odd Duck Restaurant. We have employees who also have gone down to Chicago and just dodged for a weekend or a week where they work for free, yes, but they get experience and get to see what different kitchens are like. And in some of the, you know... A lot of times at the end of those, you get offered a job. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just a stage. I mean, some of the best restaurants in the world, places like... uh, Like like Alinea and... and Noma, and they, they have a stage program, too, where it might be unpaid, but so I know we, it's not necessarily a, an apprenticeship, it's called a, it's called a stagiaire, but it's, it's basically where you get to go and learn about and gain experience from people who are masters in their fields without actually having to work at those places. And, and they can last from one day to six months, um, just depending kind of on the program that different places have. But so you can always be learning and reaching out even you know, if we go somewhere, we can reach out and, and, and some other chef will let Ross just come and stage if he wants, you know. Yeah, and just, that's amazing. Yeah, see what, and it's a, it's very different, that's very different from any other, I think. Any other business. Yeah, any other yeah, business or sort of community. And so, like, even if you're working at one restaurant and even if you're keeping that job, 
you can still, you know, our, our our line cooks come and say to us. You got to do it on your own time, but yeah. But if they're like, hey, I need these three days off in a row, we'll fix your schedule. So you, you know, you work these other days for us, and like, yeah, you can go to Chicago and stage, and you can go to Madison and stage, or go to another restaurant in Milwaukee and stage, or fly out to New York and stage, like. If there's anything you're going to do to better yourself, I'm all for it. Yeah, and so that's something that's unique to restaurants that I think isn't talked about a lot but is really, really cool. And I think sometimes restaurants get flat because people see it as, like, an unpaid internship and free labor. But the honesty is, like... We're not doing any of the real work. It's harder to have a stage than to not have a stage. But as a restaurant community, we all do it because we know it's for the betterment of the restaurant community for people to, like, learn and take back and see other ways of doing things and this technique or that technique or hey this they set up their line this way or they had this product or it's always for the betterment of the of the community as a whole and so, so and then, you know, neither like if you're dodging because you really want a job at the place uh it's kind of great because it's a it's like it like we said before it's a working interview yeah you get to see but you get to see the chef and how they work, how their philosophy is, and the other employees there, how the restaurant works, before you just get hired and jump into something that you might not want to be in at all. Yeah, you get the opportunity to say, oh, this kitchen isn't for me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Yeah, and it's not like you have to get hired and then get fired. Yeah, to do that. <laughs> or quit. Yeah, which is almost more important. You know, It's kind of like you're interviewing yeah. them, too, in a certain, in a certain sense. Yeah, and what we're, what we're looking for in those instances are, like, not that you can just jump in and be great at it because you don't know where anything is, but, like, what are your skill sets? Do you listen? How, do you listen? Do you ask good questions? Do you pay attention to details? Are you interested? Yeah. You know, and then usually um, at least the, the sous chef or the chef de cuisine will sit down with you at the end of the night and answer any questions you have and, you know, say, hey, it seems like you were interested in this or that or, like, you know, and maybe offer you a job, maybe not, but it's still like a really cool opportunity within our field that I don't think exists in others. So like you can always constantly kind of gain experience until you sort of figure out what your next move is. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'd never even heard about something like that. And and it's really cool too, is it's kind of almost, it sounds like an informal networking that's yeah, not completely. not looked down upon, or you don't. I mean, you guys wouldn't feel insulted if, hey, I want to learn from this other guy nope. for you know a weekend or two. No, we're pumped. We're like, come yeah. back and tell us all the things. Nothing to say. No, but we're like always excited because you know there's no end to mastery in this industry. You know, like so, like you can go somewhere and be bring back an idea, like just even if just a technique that you saw that we can figure out how to use maybe completely differently, but that's exciting. You know, it's, it's a very. That's a good thing, but I think it only really happens with independent restaurants. Like yeah. it's not like, Oh, okay. You can go from, you know, this, uh, you know, kitchen at the Marriott and go stage over at the Hilton kitchen. That's not going to happen. No. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the independent restaurants, or, like, even if you're working in one of those restaurants, you can do it at the independent restaurants. But it's yeah. mostly, like, the chef-driven restaurants that kind of kind of do that. But there's, that's, like, you know, that's, that's the part of the industry I think that's been glorified the most that people are most interested in. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, like, there's opportunities to kind of be able to do that. Yeah, and to see if you think you're cut out for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I had no clue that that, was, that even existed. But that's... <laughs> But that that is so awesome. It's kind of like you know, um, like employees from Lockheed to, Martin I mean, not go to culinary school too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, like I really won't accept this stuff. Our kitchen is really tiny unless they have some experience and and explain to you why they want explain to, to me why they want to come. I don't want to have. I really I can't have an eighteen year old in my kitchen yeah. during dinner. It yeah, that's true. Be, uh, fair. Yeah, that's that's that. Well, that's that's only fair. Had so. a job in a different kitchen. If they had a job in a different kitchen and then came to you and wrote like, "Hey, I'd like to stage because I'm interested. I've eaten at your restaurant. There's this, this, and this. I'm thinking I want to go into like, you know, a chef's path and blah blah blah. Would you let me stage? Yeah. Probably yes. You know, um, we'd also just say as a recommendation to somebody who's never staged before. 
Um, it's more important than you, that you stay out of the way than you participate in everything. So like if you really don't know how to do something, just stand back and let the person who's doing it and watch and learn. But for the most part, if you get comfortable after watching three or four or ten of the plates go out and you want to help plate, like, and you can listen and you can do it right, we'll let you, like, help do what we're doing that night so you can really get a feel. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you start when we're doing prep work. So you get, like, a few hours of, like, maybe chopping onions or something, but you get to see kind of what the rest of the staff is doing as well. Mm-hmm. No, Even if you're doing the that job is so that's cool. not That fun. is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that be I don't know for whatever reason, but what but you guys mentioning that just made me really super excited <laughs> about this. So that's really cool. Um good. So sorry, one final question though. Are you guys ever gonna feel satisfied? It's a very broad question. Oh man, that's so existential. Gonna... I know, I know. That's why we're gonna that's why we're gonna close with it. <laughs> so you can try to answer. Yeah, it. <laughs> I mean when we finally complete our record collection. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Is anyone? I mean, is that like you can never stop growing? Yeah, I mean, I don't think life's a journey, man. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep learning and keep trying new things, or you, you know, you. Yeah, otherwise it's, it's stasis. Yeah, stasis isn't, doesn't sound like satisfaction to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the... the Learning is satisfying. The, the, important, the important concept for us is like we want to constantly be evolving and changing and learning and growing. And, you know, the other, you know, the other thing like we love to do is travel. And with food, it's even more exciting because you get to see not only beautiful places or new places, but you're always trying to check out like what's local here, what's different here, what's new here. I think I think we are satisfied in many ways, but that doesn't mean that we stop trying to learn and grow. I mean, I think that's part of what makes it satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Melissa, Ross, yeah. All right. thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Super nice to meet you. Yeah. Appreciate the interest. Here. Great. Same here, man. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Anything follow up. <laughs> Thanks, guys, again for listening to the College Alternative Podcast. Uh, if you want, check out more of the episodes. We come out weekly. And if you like what you heard, tell your friends and click subscribe below. All right. Thanks for that. See you later.